you hear a knock on the door and open it to find two friendly representatives from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, otherwise known as the Mormon Church. So what will you say? Will you send them away without a Christian witness? Or will you engage them in a meaningful and Christ-honoring conversation? If you desire the latter, may we suggest the book, Answering Mormon's Questions, by Mormonism Research Ministries' Bill McKeever and Eric Johnson. Answering Mormon's Questions is available wherever you find quality Christian books. Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. Are professing Christians outside of the LDS Church merely plain church? Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry. And with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. Last week, we began looking at a talk that was given by Dr. Bradley Wilcox. Brad Wilcox is a BYU professor, as well as the second counselor in the Young Men general presidency of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He's a very popular speaker. He speaks a lot to young people, and the talk that we are critiquing at this time is a talk that he gave to a group of young people at a tri-stake regional fireside that was given on February 6, 2022 in Alpine, Utah. Now, if you want to look at an overview on this talk, I'd like to turn your attention to an article written by MRM's Sharon Lindblom. She writes our Mormonism in the News column on our website, and you can find this article that she wrote at mrm.org slash everything that matters most in Mormonism. And in between those words, everything that matters most in Mormonism has a hyphen, but that will take you to Sharon's article, a very good overview. We are going through his talk, And what he said that he was going to do was going to educate these young people on what the gospel really is, what the blessings of the restored gospel really are. And he says, we're going to tie each one up to a letter in the word gospel. So far, we've looked at the letter G that stood for Godhead, the letter O for only true church, the letter S for spirit. Today, we look at the letter P for priesthood, which of course is a very important element within the theology of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. When he talks about this, he's going to begin this segment by asking a question. How many of you used to play school? Okay, good. I'm glad to see those hands up. How many of you used to play church? I'm glad to see a few hands go up. My kids played church. They'd pull out the stuffed animals. They'd put them on the couch. They'd sing the song. They'd do the talk. I got a little nervous when my daughter started blessing the sacrament, but they played church. And I used to think, oh, that's so cute. It's so cute. But now I'm older, and I realized it wasn't just cute. It's actually what most people in the world are doing. They're playing church. They're sincere. They want it to count, but they don't have the authority. They don't have God's permission so that the things they do really count on earth and in eternity. Man, I want what I'm doing to count. And to be able to have that, we have to have the priesthood. We have to have that. Now, Christian, did you catch what he's saying here? Because, again, we want to go back 
to that expression that we often hear from many of our Latter-day Saint neighbors when they'll say something like, well, we're Christians just like you. Does Wilcox sound like he's one of those that believes that? Because I don't think he does. And I think, again, he makes it very clear by distinguishing what he thinks is true Christianity as opposed to what he thinks our Christianity is, which is a false Christianity. When he talks about plain church, notice what he says. It's actually what most people in the world are doing. They're plain church. Now, he doesn't say that it's what most people in the church are doing, and I'm sure he would probably admit, if he was to address that topic, that there is probably a lot of hypocrisy in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. But no, he says most people in the world are doing their plain church. Who do you think he's talking about? Well, I think he's talking about you, Eric. I think he's talking about me. I think he's talking about any professing Christian outside of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We may be going on Sunday morning and having a great time with the Lord, worshiping him and praising his name. But as far as Brad Wilcox is concerned, folks, you're just playing church. And I think that we can appreciate his honesty here, because you don't always get this from every Latter-day Saint leader. When he says they don't have the authority, he's referring again, what we talked about last week, the great apostasy, that all authority was lost. We don't have the priesthood as Protestant or Catholic or Eastern Orthodox believers. And so therefore, we need the LDS Church to be able to bring that into our lives, get baptized in the Church, and be able to live the way the Church wants. That authority is crucial in this religion. But what Wilcox is saying when he says we don't have authority just is not biblical. We most certainly do have authority. The Gospel of John makes that very clear when we look at John chapter 1, verse 12. You cited John 1, 12 yesterday, but why don't you quote it today? Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. So we do have this right or this authority to be sons and daughters of God. So when he says they don't have the authority, he's of course meaning that within a Mormon context, which according to Brad Wilcox and the church officially, you can only have this authority if you have this priesthood authority, which, as I said yesterday, is non-existent. They talk about the Melchizedek priesthood, the Aaronic priesthood, but challenge your Latter-day Saint friend. Ask them where in the New Testament do you find any mention that, let's say, the apostles had the Melchizedek priesthood? Where do you see any mention that they had the Aaronic priesthood? You won't find that anywhere. The closest thing that you will find to this type of Melchizedek priesthood is Jesus himself in the book of Hebrews that said that he was a priest after the order of Melchizedek. It doesn't even describe a Melchizedek priesthood that's similar to what the LDS church has. You will not find it in the New Testament. You will not find it in the Book of Mormon. This was made up by Joseph Smith after he starts the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. This has caused a lot of controversy in the church in recent years with the idea that only men get the priesthood. He goes on to tell the story about while he was living in Wyoming, Brad Wilcox was getting his PhD, his doctorate, and he said he was working at the university in what they called, quote, the writing center. 
He says, I would supervise a few tutors who worked there with me. And he tells this story of one of the students, apparently, who came up to him. She was late for work. And he said, where have you been? She says, I'm sorry, but I was at my wedding rehearsal and I'm just so upset. I said, maybe you shouldn't marry him. That's kind of how I took it when I was listening to him tell his story. I thought, well, why is she marrying this guy? But it had nothing to do with her fiancé. She said, I'm not upset at my fiancé. I'm upset at the preacher. I said, how can you be mad at a preacher? They're nice. She said, well, I'm not mad at the preacher. I just don't like those words. And he continues, what words is she talking about? Till death do you part. Most churches don't say that anymore. Now they say, as long as you both shall live. It's the same thing. Now, you have to hear him say this because he's being a little bit sarcastic when he says that. He says, as long as you both shall live, it's the same thing. He says it kind of in a whispered hush, which he's obviously, I get the impression, he's mocking those who substitute till death do you part with as long as you both shall live. Yeah, he's right. It, it does basically mean the same thing. But then he goes on in this story. And she didn't like those words. She said, I feel like I'm getting divorced the day I'm getting married. I was like, this is like a missionary moment. So I said, in my church, we get married in the temple where we are sealed for time and all eternity. And she went, oh, I love that. And I said, fill the font. I'm going to baptize this girl right now. No, she didn't want to get baptized. She didn't even want to meet the missionaries. But she did want to rewrite her wedding ceremony. So she went to the minister and she said, may I write my own ceremony? And he said, for an extra fee. So she paid the extra money, and she wrote her own ceremony. And I sat there in that Protestant church and listened as the preacher sealed them for time and all eternity. Now, I'm listening to him give this talk, and I'm going, what preacher in their right mind would allow someone to write those kind of words in a ceremony unless he's one of those who's merely doing the ceremony for money as a business? And he does kind of mock that concept by saying, for an extra fee. If you came to me and wanted me to perform your wedding ceremony, you can be sure I am not going to allow you to change the words of the ceremony to include something that is entirely unbiblical. There's no way any pastor worth his salt would allow that to happen. But yet, he is so offended by what he listens to when he attends this young lady's wedding. He said, I couldn't believe it. I mean, I'm freaking out. I'm like, whoa, everybody in the church was like, that is so special. I was like, that is so wrong. That is, that's just like wrong, like lightning bolt wrong. He says, why? It's a free country. They can say whatever they want to say. But why did I feel it was wrong? Authority. No authority. They just didn't have permission to say those words. And so did it count eternally? No, because they were playing church, and in our church, we don't play church. We have the authority to make that count on earth and in heaven, and that is something I don't want to say goodbye to. Now, if I was in that same ceremony, let's say I was sitting next to Brad Wilcox, I would probably be just as offended, but for different reasons. Yeah, I would also say she shouldn't have said that. She shouldn't have wanted that in her ceremony. She shouldn't have had the pastor put that into her ceremony, because yes, the reason would be probably similar to Wilcox in this case, no authority. But Brad Wilcox, 
Your church has no authority either to include that in your ceremonies. There is nothing biblical about the concept of being married for time and eternity. Why is that? Because heaven isn't all about procreating more little families of Mormons in the hereafter on your own planet or on your own world, if the word planet offends you. That's not what it's all about. It's about focusing on Jesus Christ. We are the family of God, and we are in heaven as a family unit, as a saved family, forgiven of our sins, giving glory and honor throughout eternity to the one who saved us. So I could say, no, Mr. Wilcox, it's really you that are playing church because you have no authority to do what you do as a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. The argument that he's using against this preacher and the words that she had the preacher put into this story are just as much without authority. Would you say, perhaps, Bill, the idea that marriage can go into eternity, not a biblical concept at all, as you've mentioned, is just wrong, like lightning bolt wrong? Yes, there is no biblical justification for this doctrine. It does not go back to the Bible. It was not practiced by early Christians. It was not practiced by the Jews in the Old Testament. This is something that Joseph Smith incorporated into his belief system. And unfortunately, because Wilcox does not have the same respect for the Bible as we do, he feels it's perfectly okay to incorporate this in his personal belief system. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism.